Faced with an uncertain future, many business owners and technology professionals don't have the time needed to invest in their business technology strategies. And as a result, they're afraid of their technology getting outdated and putting their company and customers' information at risk. The digital future is already here, but with all different choices in the marketplace, it's difficult to know which one will be the best fit for you and your strategic vision. Imagine having the peace of mind that your business is backed by the right technology investments that are tailored for your specific needs. Hi, I'm Brian Nichols, and I've helped countless business owners and technology professionals just like you, helping you make informed decisions about what technologies are best to invest in for your business. Voice, bandwidth, cybersecurity, business continuity, juggling all the aspects of business technology is messy. Let me help. Head to briannicholsshow.com forward slash help and sign up for a free one-on-one -on -one consultation with yours truly to dig deep into where you see your company heading and how we can align your business technology towards those goals. Again, that's briannicholsshow.com forward slash help to get your simplified business technology started today. Victor Antonio, welcome to the program. Selling is all about, really, it's, we're not selling a product, you're not selling a service, you're not selling value, you're not selling whatever you think you're selling a solution. You're selling change. Welcome to The Brian Nichols Show, your source for common sense politics on the We Are Libertarians Network. As a sales and marketing executive in the greater telecommunications cybersecurity industry, Brian works with C-level executives to help them future-proof their company's infrastructure for an uncertain future. And in each episode, Brian takes that experience and applies it to the liberty movement. This is why we talk about being the trusted advisor. You should be able to help use that expert guidance and all the opinions that I'm sure that you have and help lead them towards not just a decision, but the right decision. Instead of focusing on simply winning arguments or being right, we're teaching the basic fundamentals of sales and their application in the world of politics, showing you how to ask better questions, tell better stories, and ultimately change people's minds. And now, your host, Brian Nichols. Well, happy Monday, Merry Christmas, Happy New Year, Happy Hanukkah, Merry Kwanzaa, Happy Kwanzaa. Hey folks, Brian Nichols here on The Brian Nichols Show. I've missed you, yes, I am in fact your humble host and I'm back. I've missed you guys so much here over the past week or so, I think it is, as we've been going through and doing our throwback episodes here on the program, which by the way, have been so exciting to go and hear some of the original voices of people on the program and not only where we've come from, but what we said we were going to be doing and looking ahead to see what we've actually accomplished thus far and what's on the agenda for 2022. It's exciting stuff. So thank you to everyone uh, for, for not only enjoying the past week of episodes, but giving me some time here to recharge the batteries, get ready for my move out to Indiana, and yes, also celebrate the holidays with, uh, with friends and family. So great to uh, go and see uh, loved ones and also spend some time make some memories because at the end of the day I think one thing we're all discovering right now in an era of COVID uh, hysteria it, it it really has gotten to the point where I think your average person is looking for some sense of normalcy and when I went to go visit my family up in northern New York just craving desi that desire for a sense of normalcy looking in New York where mask mandates are, are the, the norm and then today's guest, which I'm so thankful not only to have on the episode today, but also as a part of our network, returning to the program, Dr. Eric Larson, because we need to address this COVID hysteria. What has been happening here over the past two years? We're not trying to, to trivialize it, trying to downplay it. 800,000 plus Americans have lost their lives due to COVID. That's a reality. We acknowledge that. But with that being said, the reaction that we have seen from the media, 
from governments across the board, and sadly, from a lot of our neighbors, has been entirely overblown. And now, with a brand new Omicron variant, Dr. Larson joins the program once again to now dig into the details of Omicron. Is it something that we should be super concerned about, or rather, could this be a light at the end of the tunnel. A great conversation here on today's episode to help us as we go out and have those, yes, sometimes difficult to have and uncomfortable conversations. I'm sure, like I did over the past weekend, many of you had some uncomfortable conversations with loved ones or family members about all that's been happening in the world. Well, be sure that when you go into those conversations that you're well-armed with information that can leave the person you're speaking to, not debating, feeling that you actually hear their concerns, you hear where they're coming from, but that you have gone out of your way to bring something unique, something of value to the conversation that will help them think of things in a different way, and that is something you can get from today's episode. Yes, with Dr. Eric Larson. So folks, make sure you hit the subscribe button so you're not missing episodes just like this. And for this episode, make sure you hit the star button for this one. Favorite this episode. This will be a phenomenal episode in your tool belt as you go out and have these amazing conversations going forward, helping spread the message of liberty as we what? Educate, enlighten, and inform. So with that being said, on to the show, Dr. Eric Larson returning to The Brian Nichols Show. Hey, Brian. Thanks so much for having me back on. Absolutely. Dr. Eric Larson, thank you for joining the program. Thank you for joining the We Are Libertarians Network. You are bringing your awesome show, The Paradox, here to the greater network. We are so excited to have you because you're bringing a much-needed voice right now in an era of medical hysteria. So that being said, Eric, what's been going on in your life besides obviously joining us here on the We Are Libertarians Network? I have no idea what you're talking about when you talk about medical hysteria. Is there something going on in the country that I'm not aware of? Yeah, you know, I, I rumor is that there's this um, this event, uh, COVID, COVID, something like that. Yeah, no, I, I'm very excited to join the network. It's going to be. Uh, I'm really looking forward to getting uh, access to new new listeners, and I think I bring a fresh, interesting sort of perspective of things. Obviously, I'm a medical physician, physician, so I've got some you know, background in medicine and tackle not only COVID, which we've done a lot this last year and a half, but looking at other things too. I mean, we look at the healthcare system, market solutions to solving problems. And I think the one thing that's excited me most about my show, I started in 2018. And it's one thing that's very unexpected is that I'm much more encouraged about the healthcare system than I was when I started. I was very, um, I was very pessimistic about sort of the direction and consolidation of healthcare and, you know, nationalization, those issues. But I've seen and talked to so many people who are finding innovative ways of solving problems in healthcare, despite all the regulatory burden, the bureaucracy. And so I bring that to the show. Obviously, they highlight some problems and COVID being the largest one recently. But uh, anyway, I think there's a there's a lot of things people can learn, even if they're not in the field. If they're in the field, obviously, they'll have a better, deeper understanding of the problems they're facing and why there are problems and, and people who are bringing solutions to it. Which is so important right now because people are looking actively for solutions. It just feels, and again, we were just talking about this off air. Um, and sometimes I feel we should record when we're just having those casual conversations. Yeah, because I, I mean, I've I've talked about this on the show here to uh, the audience. I'm I'm currently in the process of packing up shop and and heading out to the Midwest to get out of the Northeast because 
let's just be real. You look at the areas right now as we're recording here on Tuesday. I think it was Boston just said that they're going to be putting in a, a vax mandate for, I think it's anything in regards to restaurants, anything in regards to fitness centers. I, yeah, the list goes on. Lori Lightfoot in Chicago added her name to the list. Uh, we had here in Philadelphia, Phil Kenny. Um, he put Philadelphia on the map. And obviously this all started here in the United States, really with New York City. And uh, actually, that's not true. LA, I think kind of I was going to say they kind of tipped that initial domino with uh, what they did with the schools. So we're we're seeing it really start to hit the, the big cities. And we just saw President Biden here um, do an entire speech talking about the upcoming uh, winter of death, destruction for the unvaccinated. Uh, now, Eric, we were talking beforehand and you openly and, and somewhat optimistically were saying, you know, it feels like kind of done it's kind of it's kind of wrapping up and i i feel that as well and yet you no one needs to go any further than just turning on the television and you will have talking heads from your favorite three-letter news organization screaming at you about why you should be terrified about this new omicron variant that's out there so let's go to a medical professional because yes i know I, I am surprised as well that there is, in fact, mass medical hysteria. It seems hypochondria has run amok. So let's maybe set the record straight. Is Omicron something that we need to be red alert or is it actually a blessing in disguise as we go towards the end of this pandemic? I I, I guess the, the, the correct answer is to say we don't know yet. It's still too early, <clears throat> but all indications are that this is actually probably the, the solution we need. Uh, don't deserve, but we're going to get to the pandemic. Uh, I think, you know, when it comes to the SARS-CoV-2, which is what causes COVID-19, it's a coronavirus, what you have to remember is that you have to get infected with it or you have to develop cellular immunity, which means you have to be infected or have been vaccinated in order to protect yourself from serious adverse events. Uh, we can debate over what's better, getting vaccinated or, you know, uh, uh, actually infected as far as your immunity, but either way, there's no question that if you've not been exposed to it, that the worst time, the worst infection is going to be the first time you get it. And then subsequent infections are probably going to be more mild. Once you've had that initial infection or vaccination, then it's going to be better. The nice thing is we've seen with the SARS-CoV-2 from its original wild type, they're calling it now, the before alpha, before delta, and all the lambdas and all the ones in between. And now we're up to Omicron, is that you've seen a, a virus that becomes more fit in a, in nature, which means that it's more likely to transmit and uh, replicate within you and get to the next person, right? So that's all the virus cares about is getting to the next person and surviving. And the the ones that are most successful at that are going to be the ones that become dominant strains. And you saw that with Delta, which was more infectious, and suddenly all the other strains of COVID basically just disappeared. And it was just Delta. And that's pretty much all it's been in this country for a couple months now. We've seen the virulence or the danger of the of the virus and how much it gets people in the hospital, puts them in the ICU, et cetera, was pretty much the same. It didn't really change much from the wild type. Maybe it's a little bit better. Maybe it's a little bit worse for Delta. It's kind of, it, it's not enough to that really can tell. Usually you expect that viruses over time become more infectious, meaning the ones that are better able to replicating and transferring another person, getting them infected, and then goes to the next person, et cetera, et cetera, that those will take over. But that they also are le- they tend to be less virulent. They tend to be less um, less d- dangerous to to a person who gets it. Th- that usually takes a lot of time. Coronaviruses generally don't, as far as we know, 
what we previously knew, but you know, we again we haven't seen a pandemic of coronavirus since probably 1890s, which we didn't know what it was at the time. That was probably the Russian flu people talk about. Uh, so we don't really know how fast it mutates. Our assumption was it takes quite a while, and it looks like it doesn't because Omicron has 34 mutations from the wild type on the spike protein. There are 110 things that can mutate, and there are 34 changes makes it much more, uh, much better at, at infecting people, but much poorer, it seems, in infecting you in your lungs and your lower respiratory, which is where it gets you in trouble, right? When you get lower respiratory infection, if it just sits in your sinus and your nose, uh, it's just a cold. And so this certainly looks like a cold, it, a bad cold probably. Um, and you look at the numbers in South Africa, and now we're seeing kind of some early data out of Denmark. By every indication, not this 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 Omicron is kind of wiping out Delta. It's just like totally replacing it. And it seems to be much less virulent, which means that if you get it, you're much less likely to get sick. Obviously, it evades immune systems, and that's always going to be the case with any of these coronaviruses. You're always going to be able to get infected. And even if you've been vaccinated, even if you've had it before, we know this, right? Once you've had a cold, whether it's an adenovirus, rhinovirus, you are immune to that specific cold for a while. We know that, right? You get it. It goes. It's going through your community. You don't get like the same cold four times in you know the span of a, a month, but you can get it six months later or a year or two later when it comes back through your community. There are obviously lots of viruses that cause colds, and colds can be caused by lots of different types. But anyway, I think what we're seeing, I believe, and again, we won't know probably for another three to four weeks really to know feel confident about this. But I think Omicron is clearly taking over and it's going to wipe out Delta. Is it less virulent? Probably. And if it is, the really cool thing about this is that the general immune response you have to any of these SARS-CoV-2s variants from the wild type to alpha, delta, now Omicron, is that your general immune response for the preventing serious illness is going to be robust with any of those. So the nice thing is if this is one that really doesn't hurt you much, it doesn't get people in the ICU who haven't been previously exposed or have immunity, it's going to be a very mild course, probably, and they will suddenly they will have the protection that they would get if they had been vaccinated or if they had um, uh, been infected pre previously. So they actually will be well protected from bad outcomes from COVID. Now it's possible too that SARS-CoV-2 will never get as virulent as it was before. Maybe we got through the worst of it, and this is the new one, and all the iterations from here were going to be more mild. So it's potentially going to get everybody infected or most people or anybody who had dodged SARS-CoV-2 up to this point, they're going to get it and they're going to develop immunity and probably they'll be, they'll do pretty well. And they're not going to have, they're not, we're not going to have the hospitals getting all gummed up. That of course is all dependent on our policy too, which we can discuss a little bit. <laughs> well, and right there, I mean, the policy hasn't really reflected, it seems what's been happening. And this is, this is just government 101. If we ever need to talk to our friends who are a little bit more in the, well, why not look to government to be the answer to the problem? Be because of what we're seeing right now. We're seeing real time with your you know, real time analysis. Other doctors out there who are seeing this real time. I think it was the South Africa doctor who discovered this, who was raising the alarm to the raising of the alarm and how insane it was. So we have right now the opportunity to say, no, 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 no. Like, let, let's let not go down this, this rabbit hole of worst case scenarios. Let's actually look and see, number one, what has actually happened in the past. And we can map out what we will see happening. And I think this is the first time, honestly, Eric, in the, in the past two years, we've had some real 
positive outlooks going towards the outcomes of COVID. But back to what you were saying, the government policies, right? The government policies aren't actually following suit with what we're seeing real time to that person say, look at what you're seeing right now. Government can't react to what's happening real time. So we see right now, I mentioned this earlier, all these different cities with these blue, um, you know, blue, blue mayors. And you're seeing in blue states like New York state with governor Kathy Hochul, who are putting in vax mandates and such. It's, it's, scary. <laughs> I say that as somebody from formerly from New York City or from uh, New York State rather not New York City, um but living in Philadelphia and and seeing what has happened, what has transpired in just two short years, Eric. So we're seeing and to your point the policy having implications on the the people across the board from the COVID perspective, but let's talk about the non-COVID medical issues really quickly too because this is something I I don't think has been discussed enough. We talked about this on my show, um, I, I I forget who it was. I had my program. I think maybe it was was Matt Kibbe, um, but maybe it's Dan Mitchell. It was, it was back right when COVID had started. And we were discussing the negative impacts of these lockdowns that took place in response from a, a policy perspective. And one of the red flags that was raised up was people who would not be going to the hospital to do preventative care, people who would not be going to the hospital to do routine checkups, and. I'm hearing, and I would love to hear your real life experience and, and, and such, is that a lot of that is now starting to rear its ugly head. We're starting to see the impact of these, you know, either is cancers or name the disease that was underlying that was there, but wasn't being addressed, now starting to impact the individual. And it's actually playing a role in exacerbating the strain on the hospital system. So Eric, is that something that you're seeing in, in your hospitals as well? Well, that's a hard thing to answer because I still think we're too far out to really know these know that, which is not a satisfying answer, except to say that we are way behind on preventative care measures. I mean, I was talking to in the um, colorectal surgeons the other day, and they are tens of thousands of colonoscopies behind and to the point where you'll never catch up, right? I mean, you're just you're basically saying we're all going to be about six months behind for a while for a couple of years and or people just going to not get there that colonoscopy. So there would clearly be some, some ramifications from that. Our surgical schedule is significantly reduced right now because of, we just don't have any beds. <clears throat> now that's actually a response to COVID itself, that is, and staffing issues, but mostly COVID at this point. <clears throat> so we're struggling with that, Brian. But I mean, you know, when it comes to government policies that make no sense, I, I would like to offer my governor in Michigan. <laughs> it's a prime example of sort of the ridiculous nature of these policies. When when they first, when this whole lockdown stuff started back in April of 2020, I could get in a boat in Michigan that didn't have a motor, like a canoe, but I couldn't get in a boat that had a motor. Or I could go to a store that sells paint, but I couldn't go to a store that sells lots of stuff, including paint. I couldn't go down the aisle that sells paint in that in that store. I mean, these are the kinds of crazy policies that that when you try and use large, you know, the large, I guess it's like everything looks like a nail if all you have is a hammer. And I feel like that's a lot of what the government policy is. It's clunky. And right now, despite our government <clears throat> in many occasions saying that they are not pursuing a zero COVID policy, which means that you can't, that you, uh, the understanding that SARS-CoV-2 will be endemic, you can't eliminate it. They still pursue policy choices that are towards preventing transmission, which makes no sense, right? Like, I mean, from as simple as a mask mandate to uh, vaccine mandates, vaccine passports, these are all measures of travel restrictions. These are all measures that are designed to stop the, the transmission and the spread of the virus, which we know we can't do. 
And as soon as the government has an opportunity to, uh, when there's Omicron is detected in South Africa, any thinking person, at least watching this this pandemic rage for the last couple of years, had to have known that Omicron was all over the world at that point. By the time someone actually sequenced it, and as fast as this thing is reproducing, there is no way that it wasn't already in this country. And of course, we still have these travel restrictions in place, which is one of the problems of these government policies, right? Once they, once you initiate them, they're really hard to remove because there's always like, well, maybe it helps. And so why don't we just keep it? But it causes massive dis- disruption with your with lives, people who have family overseas. Uh, and of course, you know all the local restrictions, which are economically crippling, they are... Uh, cause all kinds of mental health issues. <laughs> I, there, there's a, there's a scores of problems that are caused by these things, especially what's especially frustrating is that they don't really serve any purpose. They're not actually accomplishing anything. And anyone who is a thinking person has got to realize that these, these are sort of for show. These are, <laughs> it's like a charade. I think more and more people are starting to wake up, Eric, to the fact that what they were being told by and, and and unfortunately, this was just the way that it happened. Was these government bureaucrats were presented as the just the science? <laughs> like like if you question these these people in our positions of power, you're anti-science. You're you're a you're not just a skeptic. You're a kook. You're you're deplatformed. You're embarrassed. And I mean, we've seen families, friendships crumble because of the insanity that has happened over the past few years and yet and i i kind of laugh when i say this you know we we hear follow the science go follow the science guys and yet when we look at the actual science and we see the clear course of action we're doing the exact opposite we're we're actually ignoring the science we're slapping science in the face we're slapping the scientific method in the face, and it's, I don't, I don't, there's a, another way to really define it, Eric, other than religious, almost, it feels like we've gotten to the point where people can't remove the, the, the past from where we're going, like, they've bought too hard into the narrative, and now it's, it's a blind faith, and it would almost require, like, you know, kind of this, uh, this, I know how to use to put it into words. Like you're almost relinquishing your your past self, right? You're you're taking that. It's like when Anakin. I hate to do the another Star Wars reference, but I know Stephen Kent's in the audience saying thank you. It's like when um it's when Anakin goes from being a Jedi to being a Sith, and he he makes the switch and he devotes himself to to you know Emperor Palpatine. Now, am I saying our friends who are in you know the the kind of I would say the COVID uh, cult? Uh, I'm sorry. Are they comparable to Siths? No. However, I think it is important for us to at least acknowledge that this is the mentality that has taken on board. So let me ask you this, and this is partly why what you're doing over at the paradox is so important. What's the way we can get people to take a step back? And we've talked about it here in the show. You, know, how how can we get them to to start to say and openly acknowledge that they were wrong? I would say it starts with us giving them some empathy, like give them some empathy rope, and say, "Hey, we'll help you along the way." But how do we actually get people to that point? And I would ask you, Eric, because you do have the profession, you know, the professional experience behind your your you know, being able to discuss this, but also to the fact that you're talking to people every single day, you're helping them make medical decisions that are you know very personal, very important. But at the same point in time, they trust you, 
And and I you know I, I would dare say as we've you know had people here in the audience who have reached out saying that they appreciate the work that you've been doing. That's part of the reason we have you here in the greater network is because you you've been doing so well. And and people are looking to people like you for some some actual guidance. So let's give them some actual guidance here. Um, what can we do to those people who are in that kind of mentality, Eric? How can we help get them back on this path? I think your your first point was a good one <clears throat> that we have to be. Uh, empathetic to people and and understand why they're they're afraid, uh, and I think th- I think that's the key is recognize that they're afraid and they've whether that you think they're right or wrong to be afraid, uh, I think th- that's important to to recognize and to acknowledge, and then to say and then not to initially when you meet someone to say that they're wrong, <laughs> that should never be the way you should meet them part way or find out what their concerns are, and you know data and information is only going to be so useful right when it comes to persuasion. Stories are certainly useful, you know, you know, 20 people who had it and they all were fine or something like that. Those are, but it's going to come down to providing information, showing yourself as someone who's, who has humility, someone who said, you know, I don't really know. Like when you ask me the Omicron, I'm like, I think it's better, but I won't know for a little while. And I'm, I'm humble enough to know that I can't know all that. And anyone who comes out at you and says that they know what's going on, uh, and was, does not own the fact that they're wrong about certain things, I think is real important. And so I think you just have to say, I understand why people think this. I used to think that. And that's also a good way, a good strategy is, you know, I used to think I was really worried about touching doorknobs and stuff like that. Then I realized, you know, they came out with data that showed that it was aerosol. It was, it's not something that can be transported in surfaces. So there's no reason to like deep clean and stuff. Uh, there's probably, and we know with all the mask studies, that they've shown that they've been relatively ineffective, not only from you know, empirically from, uh, you know, looking at different areas that have mask mandates, but also looking at previous studies that have looked for using masks for like flu epidemics and flu, we know it transmits. Now we know transmits in aerosolized way, just like COVID. So there's no reason to think that a mask solution, like a regular surgical or cloth mask would solve anything. And then the real important thing is I think you just need to try and break down the fear. Cause once the fear's out of the way, people can think rationally when people are afraid, they, they don't hear what you're saying. A classic thing in medicine is if as soon as someone says, oh, you know, you've got cancer, you can say a hundred other things, right? You can give them the, your social security number. You can give them the, the password to your, your bank account. They won't remember any of it because they heard cancer and that's the end of the discussion. So you have to be very, you have to get past that fear. And that may just take providing evidence and say lots of kids have this. My wife's a pediatrician. She's always talking to parents. There are two conversations. She has one is people don't believe COVID's real. They don't believe it's ever happened or that they can avoid it or something like that. She has to tell them that, no, you're going to get COVID. That's okay. I mean, most kids are totally fine with it. And then you have to convince the other people who are terrified and think this is like Ebola and this is the Black Plague and there's a 30% mortality rate for their kids. And that's just not true. And you just have to provide the information, but you have to acknowledge the fact that they're scared and they're not coming at this for nefarious reasons that they're trying, you know, that this is some sort of power play. It is very tribal, right? I mean, these groups and this, the groups that we take on, whether, you know, team blue, team red or something like that, uh, it's, it is part of our identity and to shed your identity is not a, not a small task, right? So you have to let people really arrive there on their own. And so unlikely are you going to have a conversation with someone and totally convince them and they're going to change their mind, but you plant the seed, you say, Hey, I'm with you. I understand. I have the same fears of, you know, my, my parents, my grandparents getting sick. And I looked at it, you know, I'm, I'm less concerned they got vaccinated or they've had an infection. So I know they've got some protection and the worst is behind us. I now look at this new variant. It looks like it's even better. It's going to be infectious. I expect people to get infected. And so, um, I think, you know, when you start with, you start with the premise of things that they agree with you, 
then you can, you know, you can move on to give them better information. And I think, you know, the other thing that's been very helpful for me is, is I talked to my friend, Dave Graham, who's an infectious disease doctor in Billings, Montana, back in April of, and I, you know, I, I'll admit I'm an anesthesiologist, right? I don't, I know a lot of about a little, uh, I know a little about a lot of stuff, I guess the probably way I should put it. Cause I, you have to kind of know everything in medicine, but you can't know in depth like immunology and stuff. And quite frankly, immunology is a class I took in med school. It's not like something I spent a lot of time in. I have preoperative antibiotics and that's kind of like the extent of, I don't do any IC work or something. Um, but we talked about COVID and we, and everything we predicted back in April, almost everything has come true. It's like, it's kind of, I mean, you feel like a genius, but then you're kind of like, in many ways, this is pretty simple. Like if you just sat back and thought about it, but if you didn't sort of suck into the whole, all the panic, but I found that because I was right, I've been right so much for the last year and a half, like this is going to happen. We're going to vaccinate it, but just so you know, we're still going to get infected. It's not going anywhere. It's still endemic. People are like, no, we're going to prevent a transmission. We'll not get infected ever again. And now people are coming around to, and what's going to, what will happen if you give people honest information and you're not expecting Corona that day, they'll say, oh, well, he's right about three straight things. And it's kind of gone exactly the way he thought it was going to go. Maybe I should start thinking about it. And I, that's the only way you pull back. And outside of the people who there are the leaders of the tribe, they start pulling back. And the hardest part for those guys is that they have to accept the fact that they're wrong. And, you know, Owning mistakes is not something that anyone in politics ever wants to do, especially if you've been, especially if they've been sort of somewhat devastating, you know, mistakes like closing schools or closing down businesses. Those are hard things to walk back and say, well, you know, my bad, right? <laughs> I don't know how you do that as a leader. Um, I mean, I think you should do to make culpa and just say that's just the way it's going to be. And I think you could save yourself. I think there are going to be some significant political ramifications for lots of these people. Maybe they can convince people that they save lives, uh, but and they'll convince people that you know already on their side. But I think it's going to be really hard for them to convince people who have had their lives ruined or changed significantly. And they're kind of like, dude, we did all this and it's, we're exactly where we'd be had we done nothing. I mean, right. Yeah. No. Well, and, and this is, this is why it's so important for you to speak truth always. Um, I, I, I kind of smile at the fact that I can look back to my entire archives over the past two years and have zero episodes in mind that I'm like, man, we really got that wrong. We really, really got that wrong on COVID. I think there's maybe one thing I got wrong and it was my looking at the Delta uh, variant. I thought it was going to peak and then go down because we looked at Florida and that's what happened in Florida. But I think what happened was it was Florida because Florida has approached the, the entire virus entirely different from every other state pretty much from the onset. Um, so, I mean, hey, kudos to, to Governor Ron DeSantis for, for leading the charge, really, and, and doing things differently uh, because he he got me wrong on, on Delta originally when I was looking at him as leading the charge in terms of, you know, what states would likely follow suit. And, uh, hey, you know, there's a reason that Florida is still standing strong. Now, granted, Omni uh, Omicron, I keep on saying Omicron, uh, it's like... I know. Yeah. You just want to go the transformer. Um, but no, Omicron is, um, is definitely hitting people who are double triple vaxxed people. I mean, we just saw Cory Booker, Elizabeth Warren, uh, Jim Cramer. You go down the list of, of the noted lefties that are out there who are getting hit left and right. And the narratives are falling. And this is why we are, you know, it is so important that we are out there constantly speaking the truth because when people are looking to say, okay, you know, and, and this is the other thing too, not the tribal folks, the, the folks that are out there who are genuinely looking for 
a, a different way of, of doing things because they're they're taking the mask off. They're literally and figuratively. Um, they're looking to move forward and they're looking for people that they can trust. Anthony Fauci, so our friend uh, Philip Stutz, he uh, is from the Undefeated Marketing uh, book. He wrote, uh, he's a podcast, the Undefeated Marketing Podcast, and his organization uh, releases a bunch of data every single year. And the data they just released this year was talking about the, the pandemic, for obvious sake, um, from a marketing perspective. And you know what blew me away? Is that Anthony Fauci went from being one of the most trusted men in America in 2020 to one of the least trusted men in America in less than one year's time. He's in the 30% range, which is just amazing at how quickly you can see somebody lose that trust, lose that credibility because you can just go back. I mean, name name the uh, the video compilation you can go to and, and reference that shows him being so consistently wrong. Whereas, You and I have treasure troves of audio behind us. I mean, 40 minute, hour, two hour long podcasts where we are not only talking about these issues in high level ways, but we're putting a lot of, of, you know, our our reputations on the line because we're making bold predictions, but they're not really bold, Eric. And and maybe we can wrap here as we, we go towards the end of the show is if you were just to look at what you did in April, what we've been trying to do back, you know, when, when this all started in, in March of 2020 is just look at the data and try to objectively analyze things and, and then look at what's happened in the past. Try to use some, some you know, reason, some inference and maybe have the ability to not react like a, a screaming banshee every five seconds as something bad happens and, and take a step back that we can kind of know where this was going to go. And those who have been actually looking at that data and, and speaking as much have been shown time and again right. The folks at the Great Barrington De- uh, Declaration have been shown to be right. Um, you have been shown to be right. Uh, yours truly and, and a number of the guests that we've had here in the program have been shown to be right. And, and we don't have to you know go out and just rub that in people's faces, but more so when people are looking for information, simply have that there as inform- uh, information and also as a resource, which to uh, the last point, Eric, is is that's what you're doing at The Paradox. So we want to make sure we're, we're leaving the show here with a call to action. Your your show, Paradox, it's it's been a tried and true classic. And now, yes, as I mentioned, it is joining us here on the We Are Libertarians Network. So let's go here. Final thoughts for the episode, some words of advice you'd love to, uh, like to leave the audience with. And then obviously, where can folks go ahead and subscribe to Paradox and follow you over on social media? Yeah, thanks, Brian. I, I think, you know, the word I like to leave is I think in many ways we're very lucky we're in the United States because we do have a federal system. And we have seen that because of the federal system that we have states reacting differently to this pandemic. Florida is a great example because it's obviously the most populous state and in Texas and so, to some extent as well, uh, that they serve as counter examples to what's done in California and New York. And right, this we as libertarians, we say, oh, well, you know, if we have different tax policies, people tend to move to places that have better business climate or better personal freedom c- climates. And and that people make these decisions. You're you're a good example of that, right? You're leaving you're leaving uh, Pennsylvania for Indiana for the same reason. But because of that, we were, we're able to sort of have many experiments, and this is exactly what the framers had intended. Um, so we we have counterexamples to bad policy, right? If we were say Austria, and I'm I'll admit I'm not exactly 100% familiar with these countries and how they're governed, but my impression, at least from the outside, is looking at France, uh, the UK, and these are these are much more um, centralized governments and you see a centralized response. So the whole country sort of experiences things the same way. Whereas in the United States, well, what's going on in New York city is very different than what's going on in Oklahoma city. Right. 
and I think, and you know, or what's going on in Oklahoma City is different than what's going on in Enid, Oklahoma, right? And so you, when you look at rural or, uh, and urban and different states, you see, a, you, you can see that, oh, this works or this is, makes a difference. Or it doesn't make a difference. And I think that's been very powerful in shedding the scales for a lot of people. They see, they have relatives who live someplace like in South Carolina and the kids are in school and their kids have been virtual or they've been, you know, eating, they can't talk or something at, at lunch or they have to eat outside. I mean, crazy policies that don't make any sense, right? And they see that this, that there's no point to it. And I think that is that helps erode the, the system. And it, it provides a much robust, more robust way of gathering information and understanding what is truth. I mean, I don't pretend to have the truth. But I think, you know, collectively, when we have different experiments going on all the time, we have a much better opportunity of arriving at the best practice and the truth when it comes to science or, you know, policy. So I, you know, that's kind of my show where people ask me all the time in the OR, like, how do you find guests? What do you talk about? I'm like, I just talk about things I find interesting and people, I want to learn about why, how the healthcare system works and why it doesn't work and, and what are people are doing to fix it? I want to learn about COVID. Well, I'm not an immunologist. I'm not an epidemiologist. So I got some on, but I didn't find people who were, I would say kooky and one way or the other, I just got people who would thoughtfully sort of answer questions and we arrived at what I think was pretty good consensus of the truth. And we've been pretty accurate as far as where things are going and where things are right now. Uh, so that's kind of the show. It's not for, it's for someone who is the lay public. So we don't get too much into jargon, but it's also for people who are in the, in the industry, like, you know, physicians or nurses, uh, physical therapists, whatever, you're going to be able to have a better understanding of why you can't deliver the care you want and maybe ways to fix it. And for people who are going to the doctor, which is all of us at some point, why doesn't the system work well? What's the problem? And is there anything I can do about it? Or is there, are there certain things I can look for to try and solve those problems? And so that's what we do at the paradox. And, uh, it's a, just a weekly show. And I, you know, I recommend anyone go check it out. You can find it any podcast player. It's P-R-A-D-O-C-S. So it's a little bit of play on words for paradox. I try and talk to a doctor, but not always. Usually somebody who's related, obviously. And we cover everything. And I try not to do just COVID because it will drive me insane. I talk about COVID every day in the OR. That's all anyone wants to talk about. Nurses always ask me if they should get vaccinated, all these things. I, I do enjoy talking about it, but because it's a puzzle, but I don't want to just focus entirely on it because there's so much other cool stuff that's going on in healthcare. Uh, as exciting or unexciting as that sounds, actually there's really cool stuff that's going on that I, I highly encourage people to check out. You can find me on Twitter at, at the paradox show. Uh, also on Instagram, although I don't think I ever post there really, but in Facebook too. There, there comes a point, and this is in sales as well, right, Eric, is that when you identify the problem, people also want to see there's a solution. So that's why it's so indicative on us to not just complain all the time, and that's why it's so important for us to keep building the solutions we've been building. It's important for us to keep speaking the truth like we've been speaking, and for us to keep supporting people like you who are in the medical field and are speaking the truth, especially when the uh, the consensus has been so against those out there who are taking, you know, the the, the bullets, taking the arrows, and uh, they're going out and, and fighting the good fight. So with that being said, thank you on all accords for all you're doing here for not only uh, us, the uh, We Are Libertarians Network, but also the Greater Liberty Movement. So that being said, folks, if you would do me a favor, please head over to your podcast catcher as soon as this episode wraps up. Head to the Paradox, hit the subscribe button so you're not missing a single episode. And also, make sure if you could do me a favor, if you enjoy the episode today, give it a share. And when you do, make sure you go ahead and give Dr. Eric Larson a tag as well. And folks, 
if you enjoyed the episode, really, truly enjoyed it, make sure you click the artwork, go to briannicholshow.com, you can check out today's episode, like I said, includes all the transcript from today's episode, but also go ahead and give us a five-star rating and review, it helps us reach more people, and it has more value to help us show what you get as a member of our audience here for uh, every single episode here on The Brian Nichols Show. So, with that being said, thank you for joining us on the episode. It is Dr. Eric Larson, the paradox, joining us on today's episode. With that being said, Brian Nichols signing off for The Brian Nichols Show. Dr. Eric Larson, thanks for joining the program. Thanks a lot. All right, folks, that's going to wrap up our conversation with Dr. Eric Larson. If you enjoyed the episode, you got some value from today's episode, do me a favor. Actually, do me a few favors. Number one, please go ahead and give today's episode a share. And when you do, uh, whether that's on Facebook, Twitter, uh, wherever it may be, make sure you give yours truly a tag at B Nichols Liberty. And also, please do me a favor and make sure you go ahead and give Eric Larson a tag as well. Number two, please go to the amazing show that is The Paradox over on the We Are Libertarians Network, hosted by Dr. Eric Larson. If you got value from today's episode, well, I promise that, that this is just a tip of the iceberg. Dr. Eric Larson is having amazing conversations, specifically focusing on the problems that are happening in the healthcare sector, but also where we in the liberty world can bring our solutions to the table. The paradox, you can find that, yes, over on the We Are Libertarians Network, and also go ahead, like I said at the end of the episode here, click the artwork. It'll bring you right to today's episode here at briannicholshow.com. Also, it'll help you go ahead and subscribe to The Paradox, because it'll give you a link right to uh, not only the, the Paradox show, but also uh, Dr. Larson's social media, so please go ahead and give him some love as well. And yes, folks, uh, we are getting back into the swing of things, so strap in because we are going to get back to our regularly scheduled programming. With that being said, tomorrow, it's you and me, mano y mano. We are going to be talking, yes, our morning sales huddles. Head over to briannicholshow.com. By the way, if you have not subscribed to the morning sales huddle every morning, Monday through Friday, ballpark 6 a.m. or so, and you'll be getting an email right to your inbox from yours truly. And this is what I do with my sales team every single morning that we sit down for our morning sales huddle. And there's things that you can do to be a better sales professional right now. Actionable items. So again, briannicholshow.com. And uh, you can subscribe right there. And also as a, my little gift to you, I'll go ahead and shoot over my free copy of four easy steps you can implement now to help sell liberty to friends and family ebook doesn't get better than that folks so with that being said make sure you hit the subscribe button so you're not missing our awesome episode coming up here tomorrow for our morning sales huddle but with that being said it's brian nichols signing off you're on the brian nichols show for dr eric larson from the paradox we'll see you tomorrow thanks for listening to the brian nichols show find more episodes at brian if you enjoyed today's episode don't forget to subscribe want to help us reach more people give the show a five-star review and tell your friends to subscribe too Find us at briannicholsshow.com and download the show on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen to podcasts. Follow me on social media at bnicholsliberty and consider donating to the show at briannicholsshow.com forward slash support. The Brian Nichols Show is supported by viewers like you. Thank you to our patrons, Daryl Schmitz, Michael Lima, Mitchell Mankiewicz, Cody Johns, Craig DaCosta, and the We Are Libertarians Network. Trust the experts. We're all in this together. If it saves one life. Raise your hand if you heard any of those tiresome phrases over the past year and a half. I know my hand is currently raised. Millions of people across dozens of industries were labeled unessential 
and forced to lock down with livelihoods and futures crushed in an instant. And as government has continued to expand its power and leverage fear to turn neighbor against neighbor, a group of filmmakers have taken a stand and are determined to help set the record straight on the importance of following the actual science of the pandemic. Follow the science on lockdowns and liberty from the Sound Mind Creative Group is a brand new docuseries highlighting the stories of those negatively impacted over the past year and a half by ineffective government policies enacted in the name of following the science. With noted experts like Nick Hudson from Panda, the Pandemic Data and Analytics Organization, healthcare policy advisors like Scott Atlas, and telling the stories of business owners, families, and just your average everyday person harmed by these government mandates. Follow the science on lockdowns and liberty is giving us a chance to make sure the true stories of the pandemic are told. So please help us at the Brian Nichols Show in supporting the Sound Mind Creative Group. With noted figures in the liberty movement like Dr. Tom Woods donating thousands of their own dollars to this project, you know just how important this project is. So head to briannicholshow.com forward slash follow the science to donate and catch their brand new trailer to the docuseries one more time. That's briannicholshow.com forward slash follow the science.